and he lodged there. Now in the morning, as he returned into the city, he hungered. And when he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it and found nothing thereon but leaves only, and said unto it, Let no fruit grow on thee henceforward forever. Now this, I'm going to read a little bit more, but you know, uh, if you really, this is not the message, but you, you ought to th- just take some time and look at that. A fig tree that had no fruit, but it had leaves. In other words, it looked the part, but it didn't produce. So it says, uh, he said, let no fruit grow on thee henceforth forever. And presently the fig tree withered. I mean, right now. It began to die. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How soon is the fig tree withered away? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, If you have faith and doubt not, you shall not only do this, which is done to the fig tree, but also if ye shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. In all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you bless here tonight. And dear God, guide my mind and my thoughts. We're late. Uh, Lord, I pray that you'd help me get across the truth that you want me to get across tonight. Spirit of God, I need you as always. Lord, I yield to thee. And I ask you to guide my mind and my thoughts, please. And Lord, please wrap you around our young people, some going to college and some not. Lord, wrap you around, your arms around all of us here and keep us under that wonderful hedge of protection under your wings. Please bless us now in Jesus' name. Amen. The moment we, and I don't know if you're like I am, but, but I, I had to face this reality that as I read this, and I think every time I read it, The moment I read this passage, the truth is, there's a great surge of doubt enters my heart. You see, we do not doubt that Jesus could make a fig tree wither away. I mean, truthfully, for Jesus, that's pretty easy. But when I move a mountain and cast it into the sea... I hate to be human like this, but you kind of, our minds would think, you know, okay, even for Jesus, that's going to be a lot. But he just said, me. Okay, that's just an instant flash of doubt. I, I don't have that kind of faith. And that's what jumps into my mind. I th- my mind just says, okay, I know what you say. But who has that kind of faith? Why would the Lord use such an extreme illustration? I mean, it's one thing if he had left it and said, you know, you can do this too. You know, you can make a fig tree wither. Well, you know, again, in our minds, I mean, uh, I I can do that with just most any plant I try to get to grow. I bought these beautiful plants to go on either side of our front door. That you know, when Joe Beth was out of town, 
last year for some baby, I guess. I don't know. And, and she was coming back in, and I wanted it to be really nice. So I got Brother Wayne to come paint her door, and, and, I, and I got uh, these plants to go on either side of it. And I wanted to make sure, so I watered them and watered them and watered them. And they died. They just rotted. They had too much water. I didn't know. And then, then I thought, well, okay, now I'll just drill holes in the bottom of my pot because they got too much water. And now the new plants that we put in there, we can't, they can't keep them alive because the water all runs out. But I want to look at the possible means of this passage. And, and you say, well, it seems pretty direct. But I think, uh, you know, the, really the most uh, positive, greatest probability is that a mountain, you know, would, would, if we have, have the right kind of faith, that the mountain will literally rise from the ground and fly into the sea. I think there is a possibility. I heard a man say this one time, and I, I think it's not exactly a wrong statement. Uh, a man uh, said one time, he said that maybe God will just give you the strength and wisdom to move that mountain shovel by shovel uh, into, and take it all and throw it into the sea. And he said, God's just going to enable you to do that and give you the strength to do that. Well, I, I, honestly, to me, either option uh, is really uh, in human strength impossible. Because, I mean, God's going to have to, if you're going to go with your shovel and dig it out and, and take a wheelbarrow and, and go cast it in the sea, how many mountains do you find right against the sea? And how long would it take you? And what, what is really a mountain? So, I mean, either one of them would be an extreme act of God. But, so, first we have to ask ourselves, is God limited in ability or capability? So, you know, when I have this immediate surge of doubt, first thing I've got to ask myself, okay, is God limited at all? No, he's not. Is God omnipotent? Okay, two people believe he is. Okay, one, two, three. Yes, okay. Uh, you know, he, can the God who created everything in six days also pick up a mountain if he desired to? Can a God who made the sun stand still for Joshua throw that mountain into the sea? Sure he can. Now, we say it, but our brain can't wrap around it. It's hard for us to grasp that. When we read this command, our minds immediately run to our abilities or rather our inabilities. It flees to our little faith and we think that even though God can, we do not have the faith to get him to do it. That's where we struggle. We struggle believing we have that kind of faith. Now, I want us to remember, though, the way to have faith in our request is to know that, that it is what God wants, when God wants it, the way God wants it, when we pray. Now, this is, this is so vital, and we've, you know, this is where we're building upon one upon another, but if really I can get to the point where I know this is what God wants and when God wants it and the way God wants it, where God wants it, my faith is starting to increase. Because if this is what God wants, and God can do anything, then God will make it happen. Now, God has not asked any of us to move a mountain. He's never asked me that. But he needs us to believe that if he did want us to do it, he would enable us to do it. 
And that's what he's trying to grow us to. He's trying to grow these disciples and us. He's trying to grow us to the point where we understand and we believe that if God wants you to do something, no matter how extreme it is, if he wants you to do it, he will enable you to do it. Colby, God wants you to serve him and be a preacher. Amen? Right now, you don't like to talk at all. But let me tell you this, if God calls you, he'll enable you. He'll enable you. And and folks, can I tell you, in a lot of ways, getting Kobe to come up here and stand behind this pulpit and preach, that's about like getting a mountain and throwing it in the sea. But God can do it. Because whatever he wants you to do, he will enable you to do. And you, Colby, you're wondering, why am I getting you? Because I'm not going to be able to get you for a long time. And I've enjoyed it so much for two years. So it's going to have to be Jessica for now. Now, the illustration is extreme, but God wants us to know that there's nothing impossible with God. Matthew 19, 26 says, But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. And so Jesus didn't say, you know, I'm going to, oh, okay, uh, you know, I can make this fig tree die, and you can make one die too. No, he said, you know what, Uh, that's nothing. You can make that mountain go into the sea if you have enough faith. And, and, and look, that's, that's when you have to grab hold. I've got the uh, God who works the impossible. Our God wants to work through men to do what is impossible to man. Man can do the impossible when he truly believes God can and will do it. And see, God can use man to do the impossible When man understands, it's God doing it. If we can grow in faith to the point that we can even consider a mountain being moved, maybe we'll have faith to see our needs met in life. Could I ever have faith, my faith increase to the point that I saw God do the impossible in answer to my prayer? That's really the the thing I've got to look. Could I ever have my faith increase to the point that I could see God do the impossible in answer to my prayer? And that's what this whole teaching is. God wants a group of people called Calvary Baptist Church to start grabbing hold of the fact that you can see not just some things answered, not just answers to prayer, but answers to the impossible. Now, faith increases when we know that what we ask is what he wants in the first place. So this, this is what's so important. Last year, uh, I felt uh, it, it was really just clear in my heart. God spoke to my heart somewhere around in January and, and, uh, and said to me that we were going to have last year... Uh, 200 in church one Sunday. And I didn't tell anybody about it, and I never did tell anybody the number until I think maybe the week before or the Wednesday before or something like that. But what I asked you to do then was, was to just pray. But here's the, the, the big question. Why do we need to pray if God already wants it? And God already said he'll do it. Why do we need to pray? But we did pray, and I said, just pray that, that we'll have 200. 
And I didn't say that. I said, you know, for a long time, I just said, just pray about this day, that God is going to do something special on that day. And it was probably, and I don't really remember now, maybe it was July or August or something like that, when I finally, uh, I felt really impressed that God was going to do it October the 29th, not knowing, that, as somebody told me later, that uh, either October 29th, the exact date, or somewhere in that October month, it was the 40th anniversary of the church, which I thought was unique that God would do that. But, you know, the, the fact is, we began to pray that God would do what he said he would do. You know, that, that's a, you can have a lot of faith in that prayer. I'll be honest with you, all along, I, ne- I never f- wondered, oh man, I wonder if God's going to do what he said he's going to do. He put it on my heart, why would he do that? Unless he's going to do what he said he's going to do. And, and that day, October 29th, uh, we had 202 people that day. It's amazing. Now, what's really amazing is for the next three weeks, we had over 200 and had more than that. But it was just, God just said he would do it. So the truth is, when we know that God wants something, here's where we, we struggle with our faith. We struggle believing. But here's what we have to do. We need to walk with God, get close enough to God, uh, that we spend time enough with God, that when he impresses upon our heart that he's going to do something, we've got true confidence he's going to do it. Now watch this. Then when I pray, I can have true faith that he's going to do it. And so he's asking, he's saying, it's not going to happen if you don't have faith. Well, it all begins by walking with God, talking with God, and then he may, look, we may not even bring the issue up. He may bring it up. I wasn't walking and saying, God, how many are we going to have this year? I just walked in and for some reason felt impressed in my heart. God's going to give us 200 people this year. And I'll be honest, for months and months, I just walked and said, Lord, when's it going to be? Well, how's it going to be? I, I just, it wasn't God, please do it. It was just, when is it going to happen? This is what God's really saying. He's saying it in its ways, building these, these commands. If we will believe him, if we will seek his will, if we will want his will, if we will talk to him and walk with him and get to know him, then he will let us know what he wants us to do. Now watch this. Then we just pray that. There's great confidence in that. As a father, he wants his children to come to him so that he might fulfill our requests and our needs. Why do we do this? Why do we pray when God already said he's going to do it? First, it's not to earn his favor or impress him with our wonderful prayers. That's the first thing. We're not trying to impress God. We're not trying to earn some special favor with God because we're praying. True prayer is bringing ourselves into submission to him and his will. And as I say again, as a father, he wants his children to come to him so that he might fulfill our requests and needs. He already wants to do it. He just wants us to come to him and ask for it. He wants us to come to him and talk to him about it. He wants us, look, again, I use the the boys, the grandchildren as an illustration, but you know when, there are things that I'm going to do for those those boys, uh, 
no matter what, you know. I mean, I'm going to do it anyway, and I'm going to get it for them anyway. And, I, and I, I just love to see them enjoy something. But you know what really makes it special is when they come to me and they ask me for something, and I already know I want to get it for them because, you know, it just tells me that they want what I wanted for them anyway. And it's, it blesses my soul to be able to do it then. And I believe it's just God is doing this because he wants that submission. He wants that relationship. This is why we cry, Abba, Father, our Daddy, our Heavenly Papa. This is why we call out to our Abba, Father. We are not telling him something he does not know. But he, the simple fact is he desires that we desire him and need him. He wants us to want him. That's why he didn't make us robots. That's why he gave us free will. He wants us to want him. And we demonstrate that desire for him by prayer. By talking to him, by communicating with him. And can I say, prayer, uh, you know, I know, you know, there's been, Brooke, you know, uh, Brother Don, John R. Rice sort of, but prayer is asking, but prayer is honestly so much more than asking. It's communication with God. We, grow, we pray to grow in our fellowship with God. We pray to invite him into our lives. When, we pray, when we're praying to him, what we're saying is, Father, not my will, but thine be done. Just, Lord, you said you're going to do this, and I'm thrilled that I get to be a part of your will. I'm thrilled that I get to be, uh, see, okay, you know, when I pray, God's told me that, that we're going to have 200. And I go and I say, and I pray and say, Lord, I, I can't wait. I want to know how, when, and where. Uh, but just show me when it's going to be. And, and Lord, I, I just pray that we have that day, that 200. And I talk to him about it and we discuss it. You know, it's already a done deal because he wanted it. But I feel like I'm with him, involved with him. I'm, I'm, I'm joining with him in the having this 200. I'm getting to work with God having this 200. We all got to as we fast and pray. We pray to submit to his wisdom for our lives. We pray for this. Uh, uh, for, uh, this is one way he allows us to work with him, to join with him, then to yoke in his work. We get to join up with him. I can't, you know, uh, people will say, you know, that we ought to uh, pray like it all depends on us and work, uh, pray like it all depends on God and work like it all depends on us. Well, uh, let me help you. I don't like that one. Okay, I really don't like it. I don't like it like they, they say, you know, uh, in athletics, do everything to win but sin. Let me help you. If you'll do everything or anything to win, then sin's included in that. Do everything to win but sin. Uh, you're you're going to end up sinning if you're going to do anything you can to win. I don't like that statement. I don't, I don't like this, this statement that, that I, I need to pray like it all depends on God and work like it all depends on me. Because, watch it, when I get in that mentality while I'm working, I stop praying. Can I tell you, then I need to pray like it all depends on God and work like it all depends on God. Because while I'm working, I'll keep praying. I'll keep begging him. 
we pray that it might be better, that we might better see ourselves and our sins that hinder our prayers. You see, as you're talking to God, as you're communicating to God, as you're entering in in a work relationship, a fellowship with God, let me tell you one of the things is he's going to do. He's going to let you know if we've got a problem. He's going to let you know if you, if, you, if, he, if you and him have an issue. He's going to let you know that there's something that needs to be cleaned up. Folks, you related to a, to a, a human relationship. Uh, and again, go back to the kids. If, the, if, if, uh, if kids have, you know, if one of our kids had been disobeying their mama and back talking their mama, and then I come in from work and they're all sweet to me and asking me for ice cream. The moment I know they've been disobeying their mama, we got something else that's got to be dealt with before we can even talk about ice cream. And when we pray, God will show us that. He'll reveal to us if, we've, if there's an issue that needs to be taken care of. We pray to prove ourselves, prove to to ourselves and to God how much we need Him. You see, when we pray, we are acknowledging the fact that whatever happens in our lives, it's Him. We're acknowledging that fact. And you know, folks, there's so many things that we can sort of manipulate. And I've seen a lot of people in, in, the, in the Christian life that uh, they'll be, they get very convinced that uh, they get answers to prayer, but in reality, they've manipulated their situation. But you, we need to pray in every situation, believing that that situation is an impossible situation. That only God can do it. You say, but what if it, you know, I had a fellow t- one time, he said, well, you know, there's certain things I don't pray about. God gave me a brain and God gave me the ability. And, you know, if I need, um, you know, if I need, you know, this amount of money or I need this or that, he said, I just, you know, God gave me the ability to go find a way to get it. God gave me the ability to go make it happen. God made the, gave me the ability. I believe God gave us a body and a mind, and we should use it. And we should use it wisely. But here's what I told him. I said, here's your problem with the direction, the thought pattern that you're in. You're going to run into an issue that money won't cure. You can have a billion dollars, but if you got cancer, a billion dollars may not buy that away. There's some things that that you can't work enough hours, you can't make enough money. So all your life, what you have to be talking to God about is we communicate with him about everything as though everything is an impossible miracle of God that only he can do. So then we rely on him and we trust him. Now understand me, that, that doesn't mean that we don't work. 
God put us here to work. That's one of the primary purposes for our, uh, your creation and being left on this earth is, is to work. But, but we need to come to a total dependence on God that he and only he can do it. Now, I've got more in here, and I, I told you I wouldn't keep you late, but I just want to say this. It, it, the Lord said, and I mentioned this morning, but sometimes in everything I've said about prayer and about faith, and God says, if you believe it, and here's the whole issue, you can believe it if you start, if you really walk with God enough to know, and please get this truth, if you walk with God and you really believe this is what God wants, it's not what you want, it's what God wants. Kobe, I was just like you when I went to Bible college. I had no idea what God wanted me to do. I talked to guys in my freshman year, and they would, uh, they would say, oh, I'm going to be an evangelist, and I'm going to be a missionary, and I'm going to be, uh, you know, I'm going to go pastor a church, and I'm going to build the next First Baptist Church, and I'm, and, I'm gonna, and I'm walking around going, I don't have a clue what I'm going to do. And they say, why did you come if you don't know what God wants you to do? I said, because God told me to. I was all the way down to my senior year, and they were walking up, and everybody's supposed to get up and testify about what they're going to do and what God's called them to do when they leave college. And I got up and said, I don't have a clue, but I know this. God knew my telephone number when he called me to come here, and he still got my number in his phone. He still knows my number, and he'll call me and tell me what he wants to do next. Now, the reason he couldn't tell me is because, bless God, nobody gets called to work at a Bible college. <laughs> and two months before I finished school, I got hired to work at a Bible college. I never, I, that wasn't even on the checklist. That's what God wanted. So, if we just... Walk with God and keep doing what he, you know He wants you to do. And He's going to show you. He'll direct your path and He'll show you. And you see, what that does is it gives you great faith to talk to God and ask God for your needs. We knew God was going to supply every need that we had all the way through school. I didn't make but $8,000 my first year. No, I'm sorry, $8,400 my first year. And we had a baby that first year. By our, Joe Beth had her third cesarean, and we had no insurance, and it cost us $8,000. It. She cost us $8,000. <laughs> I felt like it was an it. Then. The... Uh, she cost us $8,000. So we cleared $400 for the year. Never missed a rent payment. Never missed a school bill. Now, that don't make a bit of sense. But you can ask Joe Beth. We really never worried about it. Why? People say, oh, man, y'all had a lot of faith. No, it was a simple faith. We knew we were doing what God wanted. So wouldn't he take care of us while we were doing it? 
It was a very, actually, simple, childlike faith. There's not a small child that's in this building tonight that doesn't believe when they get home that if they're hungry, there'll be something to eat. They'll believe that. You know why they believe that? Because they have faith. Simple, childlike faith. One thing that hinders our prayers and hinders our faith. And I said it this morning, Psalm 66, 18, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. And the faith killer is sin. Iniquity in our hearts. That's a faith destroyer. It just... When you know that you're living against God, living in sin, your faith vanishes. And you try to pray, and you have absolutely no expectation that God will do it. So, God wants us, one, to be clean. Two, to seek His will, to know His will. And the way we seek His will and know His will is by talking to Him. Prayer. So through prayer, we understand what He wants for us. Through knowing that it, what He wants for us, our faith increases that He'll do because he already wants it for us. And I believe that's the way we can move a mountain. And I really believe that if God ever comes and tells me that he wants me to move a mountain, I believe that's what he said to me. He'll enable me. It's just none of us have needed to move a mountain yet. But he gave him that example as an extreme example to say, you don't even need to list anything. You don't need to, but what about? No, it all falls beneath throwing a mountain into the sea. Everything else, if you can do that one, everything else ought to just fall into place. I took longer than I wanted to, I'm sorry. Father, I pray that you